I love not typing. Not with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Future State number 2, Kara Zor-El Superwoman, which was written by Marguerite Bennett, penciled, inked, and colored by Marguerite Sauvage. Wes Abbott is the letterer, and the cover artist is Paulina Ganusho. I hope that's... I hope that's right. Good news. Good news show. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Hopefully, Paulina, we got your name uh, correctly here, Uh, but feel free to reach out and let us know if we didn't. Uh, So hopefully everybody's names is close anyway. All right. So I guess uh, we've covered in our discussion of future state number one, the background of future state, which uh, we still we don't know much about. Still a little hazy. (laughs) (laughs) regarding death metal uh, that I guess maybe at some point we could read if we really wanted to. Uh, But I guess we could go ahead and uh, start talking about uh, the uh, issue itself for future state number two. Uh, So here is the description for this issue. It reads, quote, the moon colony built around Superwoman's Fortress of Solitude is under siege. Shape-shifting Uh-oh. aliens have come to this place of peace in search of Lenari, a refugee from their home world. It's a bad move on the part of these intergalactic bad guys. If Kara Zorel offers you sanctuary, there's no way she's going to let anyone get their monstrous hands on you. Let's just hope this gamble is worth it because Lenari's secret the one that got her in the tr- got her in trouble in the first place could mean bad news for everybody unquote excla- exclamation point unquote uh, so, so uh, Morgan what uh, what really kind of stuck out to you about this issue uh, for future state number two well uh, first off I really like the uh, sort of um, call back to issue number one where um, Superwoman threatens Lenari with the baseball and is like, this is th- some sort of, you know, MacGuffin type uh, thing. What did we call it? A quantum detonator? <laughs> yeah, a quantum detonator. And, uh, and at some point in this issue, the uh, the family of Lenari, I can't remember what what planet they're from. Oh, the hang Star on. Swamp. I- <laughs> I think I, I think I've got that. Hang on, let me look it up. So, uh, just to clarify, Lenari's family comes from. Uh, this is uh, kind of quoting the issue. It says Lenari's family comes from a folk called the Lithai on the uh-huh. Star Swamp a- asteroid. So the Lithai are like, here, I also have a quantum detonator, and uh, and Car's like, lol. 
I don't buy it. Uh, and then, of course, it does detonate and blow blow some stuff up, uh, which I was really confused about because uh, you see like the huge explosion in the like the the title page, and then it, that's never seemingly referenced ever again. I was confused about that too, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it almost seemed like Supergirl was maybe trying to. Uh, prevent it from going boom so on location nine the the the, there's a big page a lot of actions happening but in that first little sort of uh i guess it's a panel there's like a first panel on that page that it looks like i maybe i'm misreading it but it looks like super i i want to say i keep wanting to say supergirl superwoman (laughs) is using her heat vision up on the like the fiery uh, what would you call that? Like a mushroom cloud kind of a thing? Is that it, her at the top of that? Are Are you I, on page? Are you on location seven? I, I'm on nine. Location nine. All right. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, honestly, I have no idea of the logistics of this explosion. Uh, because on location seven... You see her like surrounded by flames and she's talking about like all the people I've helped here, like all the things that I've done. And like, you know, basically it was for nothing because of this explosion. And then like the explosion kind of never comes back into play in the story. Yeah, you would think that that would be a much uh, more serious conversation to be had, especially with all the thematic elements in this series about growth and building things and gardening tending to a garden so so much gardening so i'm on (laughs) speaking of boardroom or ballroom oh wait wait should should we i think we shall okay and now lena luther boardroom or ballroom trying to figure out what's going on with this explosion took me to location 10 and first off, let me say, as she's fighting, the uh, the shoulders, as she's coming into her true power, more shoulder is showing. <laughs> Man, uh, it, I'll, I'll try to share the screen on this. It, it is a it is a very Lena vibe that is happening here. Like the the more powerful she becomes, the more shoulder she shows. But it also makes me wonder. Like uh, in the in the last time we talked about this. I fixated pretty hard on her shoes. And and now that I'm looking at it again, I have to ask myself, are they flats or are they the bottom of boots? And is what I once took as leggings under shorts in a way that didn't make sense to me, are those actually boots? Like thigh-high boots? I think the things that look like Sort of, for lack of a better word, like bicycle shorts. Yeah. I, maybe they're, uh, that's tough because I think right? there's there's <laughs> definitely a section where it's like boots. Because if you, if you can zoom in on her feet and you can't because comiXology will not let you. <laughs> no. No, it is not possible. It is not for us to know. <laughs> uh, but if, if say you could zoom in on it, which I'm going to try to do on my phone app, the only place where I can zoom, the only place that acknowledges that I have old, tired eyes. <laughs> uh, 
So it does look like it does oh, look like do, we might do be. You, do you want to show it uh, to the guests? <laughs> it does look like we might be dealing with like a boot situation, like a bottom of the boot, like the sole of the boot is what I thought was a flat, but is in fact. I think it's a part of the boot. I didn't. So uh, I didn't know that that this I didn't think that this was boots. I thought that this was like leggings because they don't look like boots in any way that I would describe boots. Yeah, no, I think those are supposed to be boots. Now, the bicycle shorts, I think, may be a separate thing. But now now that I'm looking at that that uh, (laughs) (laughs) that image, uh, I I guess the the artist felt like. there was a need to indicate that there were knees there, which <laughs> which I find off-putting a little bit. <laughs> it's like, oh, if we don't confirm she's got knees, who kneecaps <laughs> are very prominent in that. In that. Yeah, because I will say in this issue, they do they do look more like boots uh, than yeah. they did in the previous issue. Uh, so I can buy that like this is a boot, and although. I could, if you told me like, no, that's not a boot. That's, you know, those are like tights and that's a little flat in this shot. I would buy that as well. So I just have like a lot of questions about what this new outfit is, what's going on like South, South of the equator there, like (laughs) (laughs) from the knees down, I don't really know what's happening. And it's a little disconcerting. So I just wanted to bring that up. I'm more fixated on like, the, the bike shorts like I, I don't understand those too like, much the thing is like are they it, are they maybe pants is it like maybe all one thing do you like think maybe it's like is it a onesie yes I think she's in a onesie or maybe it's like a hmm I don't because I feel like okay and, and, then I, and then I'm gonna stop maybe uh because I feel like I could buy a scenario in which like the bike shorts are actually like leggings or tights and the boots are over top of them so the leggings would go t- would be tucked into the boots yes so but it i mean i don't i'm not sure if that's how you would visually represent that because they sure do look like bike shorts they do um i just got like a lot of questions basically i, d- I don't know why you would again, just do like full tights though yeah because like here again they look like it looks like boots and that's the bottom i mean they don't really look like boots but i can buy that they're boots like they're shinier now than they were in the previous issue and i could buy that this is like the bottom of the sole which is just a different color for some reason whereas like they don't look like in the previous issue they really looked like they were flats but in this i can see like oh that looks like it's the bottom maybe the bottom sole of a boot i don't i don't know why this matters to me it matters a lot though (laughs) i actually think uh even though i don't know that the this this new version of the uh supergirl now superwoman costume i don't know that it makes total sense in actual storytelling i think it's a, a way to like try to reinvent the costume even though i don't know that it totally works in comics I think it would be cool cosplay. Like I somebody could totally cosplay immediately. that. <laughs> the first issue, the first panel page I opened is her in her outfit, like standing at the the, the cemetery. And I was like, I want to cosplay that. <laughs> I would probably, because I'm, 
I'm lazy and I'm not like a true cosplayer. I would probably like Disney bound it and it would just be like a skirt, right? Like a just a, a red skirt. Yeah. And then like an off the shoulder, you know, Lena Luther style and then like a belt. And then but I don't know but what would I do? What what goes on under below the knees? I wouldn't know I wouldn't know how to do it. I have no insight. You can get some buying shorts and you get some get some really tall boots. I you'd have you to like you'd have tights. to like split open a skirt too. That's just really funny. You're like, all right, I'm gonna get like a I'm gonna get like a a, a red midi skirt and then I'm just gonna split I'm just gonna cut it down the middle and then bike shorts in it. I guess bike shorts in it. I don't know. No, I have a lot sure. of questions, but it would be a great cosplay outfit is the point for it somebody would. who knows how to do that. <laughs> yeah, you could just uh, uh, cosplayers. I have some friends who are really good uh, cosplayers. We've had Christy Robinson on uh, Supergirl Radio before. She She's done some Supergirl cosplay. And uh, they tell me that there's a thing called casual cosplay. So you Ooh. have your like your official cosplay that you do, like that you create and and you work on and you make your armor and do all that stuff. And then you casual cosplay, which means it's not really a costume, but you kind of emulate the character in like everyday wear. So you could like casual cosplay that. I think that I think that could work. I think it works. Yeah. (laughs) Sure it does. (laughs) Thank you for your continued analysis and really trying to get into into the uh, the details of of the new uh, suit here. Yeah, I'm really diving in deep. I'm asking the hard hitting questions that no, <laughs> that for some reason nobody else wants to ask. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> and this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. All right. So in this issue, we did get um, uh, more from the uh, what did I say they were the the lie the the lithai. Uh, the uh, creatures, the Lenari's uh, undefinable creature family uh, that we really can't figure out what they are. Are they sea creatures? Are they snakes? Are they reptiles? Are they dragons? Not totally sure. Uh, but we get more from uh, them here. And there's kind of a big showdown that happens between Superwoman and Lenari and Lenari's family. So, Morgan, what did you, what did you think about all that? Yeah, I thought that the 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 battle was was interesting. I like the way that uh, I think it's on location nine that it shows. Uh, there's like a lot of movement. Uh, I was just really focused in on the boots, but the rest of the art is great as well. Um, when uh, Superwoman is fighting the Lanai, and uh, like these snake people are not happy at all. Uh, and she's like grabbing them by their little snaky fishy tails and stuff like that and tossing them around. And it's like when you do the guided view, she's like everywhere. She's like punching people and she's like screaming and she's got like the eyes. And it's like it's I could imagine if I was a snaky fishy person, I would be pretty afraid of what was happening right now. Yeah. Uh, Superwoman uh, basically says, if you want a tyrant queen, I'm going to give you a tyrant queen. And really uh, starts to to lose herself in uh, the action and the violence and getting back into the uh, the fighting with the Lathai, I think is what they're called. Um, so she, so Superwoman is trying to get into the action and and help save the day and protect Lenari from uh, the family that has now come to the Moon Colony. 
Um, but uh, there's a situation where Lenari grabs Superwoman's hand and does uh, something similar to what happens in issue number one, where Lenari takes Superwoman's power and uses that to uh, become more powerful to fight the family. Um, so what, what did you think about all of that in terms of how how that went down? I thought it was interesting because it was like it had been set up in the previous yeah, the previous issue that um Lenari had these uh these powers that allowed them to like take the powers from somebody else. Um so it was kind of like, you know, they the 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 writer set it up that, you know, this makes sense for it to happen. Uh, and I and I did also like that Lenari, you know, says these past few weeks I saw how much good might come from what you are and what you do, and how much danger there was in going back to this old path. And I don't want to, you, I don't want to be the reason you lose what you fought so hard to find in yourself. Um, and Lenari doesn't want that for 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 themselves either. So I think what happens with Lenari and how Lenari fights their family is really inspired by by superwoman and what they learned being with superwoman um with all that said i do kind of wish that the solution to this um issue had been something that superwoman herself got to figure out it was a problem that she got to solve uh at the end of the day lenari figures out a way out of um out of their problem with their family by basically giving up and destroying the Starfell crystal, and um, basically the star Starfall jewel, the Starfall jewel. <laughs> oh, that's tough for me to say. For some it reason. is hard to say. Um, uh, Lenari gives their family the same choice that Superwoman gave them. Like, um you know, if you could ha have anything or do anything, what would it be? And it, it can't involve, you know, the family. Um, and some of the family says, like, I don't want to wake up afraid. And, uh, the, the, I don't know, like the, the, the angry dolphin one says, I want to go home. Uh, but the aunt is like, nah, nah, I'm not in it. I'm not in this. I don't, I don't want to be, I'm never giving up. Um, and so when Lenari gives up the, uh, crystal, the jewel, jewel, uh, gives up the jewel, they all become, I guess they lose their shape-shifting abilities. I they all th lose I their shape-shifting so. abilities. Um, and the aunt is like not super happy about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Lenari loses all of their abilities. Um, including the ability to like, you know, suck up Supergirl's power, Superwoman's power, but also the ability to shapeshift. Uh, but the, this, uh, this jewel that they've been fighting over is also gone. So, I mean, I like that, that sort of resolution that, you know, everybody kind of has to live as they are. And this blood feud that had been going on for ages on this planet that had pit it like family against family and, you know, um, that was kind of solved because now there's nothing to fight over. Um, but again, I do wish that like, it was like a, a clever solution that Lenari thought up. Uh, and it was about, you know, how Lenari and their family, uh, you know, 
had this resolution and that's all great, but where does Superwoman fit into this story? I, I get that Superwoman was the you know, inspiration for Lenari coming up with this plan. Uh, I just wish there was like a little bit more of Superwoman in the like the resolution of this threat to to the moon that uh, Superwoman spent so much time and energy and uh, it looks like architectural planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think the the thing that frustrate well, there are two things I think that frustrate me about the way this it resolves itself with the uh, Lathai family. Uh, one, I think there is um, uh, a need to complete the parallel. So uh, we talked uh, previously in issue one about how there was a parallel between Lenari having family issues and some rage issues and having a hard time letting go given that family squabble. And then you have the family squabble with Superwoman and Kal-El and John and how Kara has been dealing with that. Well, in Lenari's case, Lenari gets like a kind of a happy ending is how I read it that like the family is not shape-shifting anymore, the jewel's gone, and now they can maybe start over, have a, 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 a time to try to build that relationship back up. Well, but the, if, if you have that parallel when they had all the problems, why is there not a parallel for uh, a resolution to the problem with Kara? It seems to me that if you were going to make... an I rem- I I keep reminding myself like this is only two issues you only <laughs> have so much story to tell but to me it would have been more uh more satisfying I think if there had been some sort of connection to where Kara realized maybe that she needed to start over with Cal and John that maybe seeing what happened with Lenari and, and that family inspired her to uh to make amends with with her family. Yeah, I think that would have been great because once again, they bring in this conflict that she has with Cal and John on location eight. You see her punching them. And it's like, again, it's like, what is the backstory on this thing? Like just when I had started to like, okay, well now we're getting into some Superwoman stuff and like the the Superman and 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 Superman's, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Superman. Superman issue is not as big of a deal. And now, you know, uh, we have a flashback of her, like, literally fighting with them. And it's like, what scenario? Like, I understand being upset that, like, they kind of stole her thunder, which seems like a little bit of a petty, like, backstory to give her. But whatever. But, like, to have them, like, full out fighting, like, it feels like they're should have been more of a backstory there. And it like, once again, does the same thing I had in issue one where I go like, wait, what, what did I miss that they're, she's like punching Superman in the face. Like what, what's the and making him bleed. Yeah. What's the backstory on that? And like, spoiler alert, we never get that. Like mm-hmm. there's no backstory on that. There's a lot, we get a lot of backstory on uh, Lenari and their family and how Lenari's father died to give Lenari the this crystal, this Dude, jewel. jewel. I cannot remember it being a jewel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> I love that every time that you correct me, you like you're like, it's a jewel. It's a jewel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're probably gonna died. keep doing it too. I know. To give to give them this jewel. 
And we get this whole backstory. And like, that's why the aunt is so mad. And the aunt blames Lenari for the father, you know, uh, killing himself basically, or like, yeah, basically to give the jewel over because the jewel can only go like, can only pass down once the previous owner dies. Um, Sorry, I don't don't want to interrupt. Continue with your thought. Oh, I was going to say, there's just so much backstory for Lenari's family situation. Meanwhile, I just got a panel of Kara punching Jonathan Kent in the face. (laughs) I have no context for it. (laughs) It would be nice to understand why that's happening. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, Yeah, so I think that for me, I if if it was my story, and I really shouldn't review based on <laughs> if it was my story, but it just seems like there there should have been maybe more of a re- resolution to Superwoman's family and what was happening there because we did get several flashbacks to some beef that they all had with each mm-hmm. other, and we don't know how that went down. Um, so the only the other thing that I had questions about was. That I thought in maybe issue one, Lenari says that if the Starfall Jewel leaves leaves Lenari, if if Lenari loses the Starfall Jewel, then Lenari dies. Did you get that impression? Yeah, I got that impression as well. And I was very confused at the end when it was like, LOL, no props. (laughs) (laughs) I anticipated that when the Starfall Jewel went away, Lenari would have problems. But Lenari was like, hey, everything's good. We're happy now. And I was very confused about that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's on location 14. Um, Lenari gives away the Jewel. Jewel. Which is not a crystal. And <laughs> and Lenar comes back down to the moon and is like, it's gone, Kara. I'm free. And then they hug. They hug. And it's it's a really cute panel. And they're they're both like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's also like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. I thought that the only way to get rid of that jewel was to die essentially like i thought that if if you if you lost that jewel you die uh, wh- how, how did how what how did this happen i guess it was maybe by taking superwoman's powers that lenari was able to like get rid oh, of the jewel without maybe dying. maybe like maybe like the invulnerability of superwoman yeah cuz in i i went back and looked it up in future state number 1 I, I wrote down in my notes that if someone takes the jewel from Lenari, Lenari will die. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So yeah, I mean, maybe you could read it as Superwoman's powers prevented. Then I, I could maybe buy that. It was not explained though in any way. No, it wasn't. It was like suddenly it was like goodbye because <laughs> uh, uh, I just went back through that that page, which is pay location thirteen. Um, and Lenari in, uh, sort of like dragon form is like, uh, then you won't die for your choice. You will live. We will all live. And then it was like, goodbye, Jewel. Uh, and that's it. Like, there is no explanation. The Jewel just kind of pops out of, uh, Lenari's head and then just kind of like, shwing, disappears. (laughs) Uh, and there's, I don't... 
Okay. I just felt like there was a, there was a lot of hype about this jewel uh, <laughs> that like maybe just a little bit of like comic book uh, magic like exposition would have been needed here just a just a little bit of a hand waving if you will anything literally anything uh, I just I just watched Lenari turn into a dragon and hold three different watering cans in the last issue and I bought that. <laughs> I, I'm really willing to buy anything, um, but I do need something. I do need something. Yeah, I agree. Like, they had set it up, like, if Lenari loses this jewel, they'll die. And then, like, in this one, it's like, bye, pop, and it just kind of, like, pings out of existence. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was, I was pretty confused about that. Uh, but it seems like everything gets kind of resolved with with the family, uh, Aunt Kamara, uh, Kamara seems fine with what's happening. Uh, and it sounded like at the end of the issue, it was like, even the, even the members of the Lothai family, uh, that had the problems, they came back to the moon colony and everybody got, you know, uh, all the cool things that the superwoman was offering and all the, the ways that people were living here on the moon colony. Everybody was, loving it and living for the, <laughs> the gardening life. And so it seemed like everything was fine in the end with it. Yeah, it was going, is that it how was you going, read it? It was going great. <laughs> uh, the thing is that, that, that uh, Lenari's aunt at first was like, uh, I don't, I don't like this, but then eventually it, uh, her, the, their aunt was like, Actually, it's great here, and I love it. And uh, I guess, like, wrote to the other family members and was like, greetings, family. We can stop killing each other. It's great here on the moon. Lots <laughs> of flowers, lots of love. <laughs> Visit soon. Wish you were here. And then everybody kind of showed up at the end, I guess. But also, okay, I have another question. Because <laughs> okay. I don't, um, I have poor reading comprehension apparently for this one was really hard this, this series was hard to follow these i'm not gonna lie it was hard in to particular follow. but on a pay location 15 um you see lenari and you see the ant uh and lenari says like i use the powers i took from superwoman became stronger than i ever was uh, i've ever been before your abilities are gone aunt uh kimara uh so are mine burned up uh, there's no more Starfall Jewel. But then in like the next panel, there's like a dragon creature again. Is that supposed to be Lenari? Is that supposed to be the ant? Is that supposed to be just another family member? I thought that they didn't have powers and couldn't well, shift. And the, the dialogue there is confusing. It says what we were born to have that we will get back one day. All things come back one day. Oh. So, okay. So, I don't, okay. I don't understand what that means. So, I feel like I don't understand were, what were, that means either. Were they, were they born as those creatures? Is that what it's saying? Like, I feel like maybe what I understand from that is that they maybe were born with shape shifting abilities and they will get that back. I don't know. It's not clear. It's not clear in any way, right? Like I'm it not It sounds really profound, but I, I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy cuz I just don't understand <laughs> what's happening here. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so it it almost sounds like at some point in the future they'll regain their shape-shifting powers and get back what they had lost. Yeah, I mean, but I, I feel like that's never really explored either. Like, it's not like, and then one day, like, uh, we we all turned back into fish dragons, and it was fun. <laughs> we, missed, we missed the feel of the sea in our many arms. Like, it wasn't like that. that, I don't know. I, I just had so many questions, I guess, is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, the sea, uh, I thought that <laughs> the uh, background on the Lathai was, uh, it was kind of a uh, dueling uh, family. Like it was almost like uh, families had been split up and there were, there were members of the, the family that, uh, took to the uh, quote filthy sea unquote oh uh, yeah and then uh, so i guess the the members of the family that they looked down on they went to the filthy sea they those were are the sea people they were the gross ones they and were then, the, the disgusting mer people <laughs> and then uh kamara's side of the family kept to the sky so that seemed to be the difference they were like we're majestic like birds <laughs> <laughs> although i want to bring this up uh, cause, uh, I, I am a person of, uh, Southern habitat in the United States, I guess you could say. <laughs> and I took a little bit of offense of how, uh, to how the Lathai, uh, spoke in this issue. So let me see. Uh, it's, it almost reads like they were speaking in a Southern accent. Uh, I found it a little offensive just because they were the bad guys. And you, you I was like, what is that? Before we started uh, recording, and I was like, they did? <laughs> I Anytime uh, somebody's dropping their G's in a uh, dialogue, that's uh, that's very <laughs> that's very much the uh, the southern way of speaking. Um, and I, I I took offense to the did bad say, guys, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I, I took offense to the bad guys being portrayed as uh, a, a little bit of a a, a southern. Uh, accent some things so like uh, sometimes they say I reckon you're only out here mucking up your nice flower beds and then another piece of dialogue is and now uh, not saying the D they came here to your little backwater hoping for a fresh start and then there's another one that says <laughs> you got the look of some gunslinger who done hung up for pistols and I just <laughs> I don't know it was a little over all the top for me I couldn't I couldn't understand why these creatures had this accent. It didn't seem like it came from somewhere that would, I mean, the, the, in the previous issue, we were shown like this beautiful stained glass presentation of their history and their culture. Yes. <laughs> and then they're, and then they're talking like, uh, you know, uh, Southerners uh, out with their guns. Like I didn't, I didn't understand the connection there. Uh, between the the history and the backstory we were told, and then like the accents that they were speaking with, I agree. Because first off, Nari never speaks with that accent, so you think if it was like a regional thing, <laughs> it would have popped up by now. But also, there's like so much going on with the Lathai on on location four. You we get like a, a, a little drawing where there's like. A lithai, a, like a little white lithai and a little black lithai, and they're like uh, kind of intertwined. And the white one has what looks like just little like flippers, and the black one has like little wings. And I was like, 
oh, is it like the, you know, like the sea and the sky? I feel like there's like so much going on in this little society that it's really hard to keep track of in two issues. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of information. I'm not going to lie. It was hard to keep up with all this stuff. I had to make extensive notes just to keep up with it. Uh, it felt like a lot in two issues. <laughs> but also, okay, and, and I, I will let this go eventually. Um, but <laughs> Lenari comes from the filthy sea folk. I think we've, <laughs> we've established that, right? Right? Uh, we've established that. But then it, on location five when you see them screaming at her i gotta say those are some fish people i don't know what they're i don't know why they're being all uppity about like taking to the sky because they've got like flippers and fins and fish mouths like why why if they're the sky people just from like a visual standpoint do they look like giant fish The only thing that I would suggest is that maybe they all look the same, but maybe. some but some of them chose to go to the sea and some of them chose to stay in the air, but they all could they all maybe. look the same and it just depended on where they wanted to hang out at the time. <laughs> maybe the point that they're making is that we're not we're all not so different after all. <laughs> and you might think that you're better than somebody because you're a fish person in the sky and they're a fish person in the water. But at the end of the day, aren't y'all just fish people? <laughs> I think that's a fair critique, though. I think that's it a is- profound statement of <laughs> of shared humanity. Fish humanity. <laughs> I think that's a fair critique because they do go to great lengths to separate these two sections, <laughs> these segments of the Lathai uh, community, the, uh, the the culture. And they say that some are in the filthy, they, they, they really tarnish the people mm-hmm. going to the sea. And then, and then it's, I'm, I'm so, yeah, now I'm really confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> to add that extra dimension. I feel like it wouldn't even have bothered me if I hadn't like really hyper-focused on the first panel on page four, where like, one of the little drawing Lathai has like little flippers and the other one has little wings. And I was like, wait a minute. Well, and just to kind of break it down even further, <laughs> the the creatures on location five, that's L- Lenari's family who were in the filthy sea. Okay. Correct. Well, um, well, I don't think so because like the, <gasps> Oh no, they, the first, they seemed more yeah. uppity. Uh, about it so yeah, they so, they they took to the sky so they are sky they're sky lithi yeah they're sky lithi and and lenari came from the sea lithi you're correct yes but like they that there's some amount of difference in this like sort of artistic panel which would lead you to believe that like maybe there's some sort of difference but then everybody looks like a fish person i don't know i'm i'm too focused on this it no. doesn't matter it doesn't I, matter at all and yet <laughs> I, can't I, think, I think this is a really good point i think in this in this depiction especially on location five i think they should have had little bird wings yeah i think everybody should have just kind of looked the same and then maybe there are different colors to kind of like represent that like they've split off in some way but like one of them for, for real looks like has a dolphin head like i'm not i can't pretend <laughs> i'm I'm, lo- I'm looking at a dolphin man I'm look- <laughs> he, that dolphin wants to go home and you should let that dolphin go home 
<laughs> There's just a lot. Go- Again, I think I think it's making a point about our shared fish manatee. Like <laughs> they think that they're better. They think that they're better because they're right. flying in the sky. But are they better? They're still. That's a dolphin person. <laughs> You're just a dolphin person in the sky. You still came from the sea, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really really good point. Uh, so I yeah, there was a lot of confusion with uh, Lenari's uh, family and what that meant uh, for what happens here. Um, I guess the the other thing that I want to ask you about, Morgan, is uh, what what do you think about how things ended at the end of this issue? Uh, we get more uh, information and visuals about how the moon colony ended up, but then we find out that a uh, superwoman is uh, dead and buried next to crypto. Oh uh, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, what do you think about uh, uh, this, this possible future here? RIP superwoman. Um, I guess I just, so again, that's so annoying. Again, I had questions because, okay. Lenari is younger than, than Kara for sure. She like that's established in the beginning. Yes. Uh, Cause Kara calls Lenari a child. Yeah. But, a super woman slash supergirl slash Kara. She lives for a long, long time. Like Kryptonians live for a long time. Yeah. Uh, typically they will seemingly live forever. Sometimes they're depicted as graying a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but, but they tend to live a long time. But Lenari outlives Kara, which was my first bit of confusion and then at at like a later point Kara is is like an older like an actual superwoman like kind of more of like a super golden girl Uh, (laughs) and uh, Lenore still seems very spriteful uh very spriteful in this uh in this locate at the bottom of location 17 Lenore is like you know a 30 and flirty and thriving and uh And uh, and Superwoman's in her like Helen Mirren phase of her life, and I just don't. I mean, still like looks great, but like the, obviously like Helen. But I just didn't. I I was really confused. I was like, wait a minute, Super Superwoman lives like a a really long time. Like, does Len, I guess Lenari's race lives longer. Yeah, I guess the Lathai uh fo- folks live a long time, but. I I also now am thinking, well, how does that make sense given that, like, I would have bought that maybe they lived a long time with their abilities. Maybe mm-hmm. they had the, you know, the supernatural abilities that maybe helped lengthen their, their lifespan. But when they had them removed, you would think that that would take something away from them. I mean, I guess I can just assume that they live a long time, but it seems like having removed those powers should have done something to them. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, made them like a like a normal lifespan again. That's what I would I would think something like that. Yeah, I just I had questions I, that I feel like like one tiny line of dialogue, like a sentence that it's like, oh, like Kryptonians, the Lathai live a long time, and so we got to see the fruits of like Kara's labor. Literally, that would have been like, okay, I understand. But instead, I was just like, wait. She, they're living longer than Kara, Superwoman, the Kryptonian. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 
that that car is now on the moon and doesn't have access to the yellow sun. And so but maybe just more. But, but she still had her abilities, though. She did. So that doesn't make sense. But also, like, if that was me, I would just, like, I would just visit Earth for, like, vacations and recharge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or just fly up into the sun. You're already at the moon. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah I mean, like, you should be close by. It's it, like uh, we've seen uh, Car get mad and fly into the sun because she's like having a moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I feel like if you're like, oh, I don't want to age, I would just like fly up, recharge my battery, and then just go back down to my flower moon planet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that that threw me off, and I wanted to know what like after I read it, I was like. Can Rebecca explain this to me? Like, what? I I, was, I can't. Did Did you have a different take on that? I I did not. But I think it's a fair <laughs> point to ask about uh, the age and the the lifespan of uh, these different characters because it is strange to to see a Kryptonian be outlived in the process. Um, I also just uh, before we leave the Lithai, um, uh, I also thought this uh, this issue so in. Issue number one, it seemed to be, in my opinion, kind of down on uh, Superwoman on Kara. And this one, um, this one uh, goes into a little bit more detail about her beef with uh, Cal and John. So like on location eight, Kara seems to refer to John as a usurper. That's how I took that. And seems <laughs> to also refer to him as stealing her powers, her legacy, and the story that she should have had. So there's still a lot of that in here. Um, and it, it, this series, just uh, these two issues, uh, uh, seem to be a, a lot about how Kara's against Cal and John and, and it almost makes her seem like she is less than them in some regards. And I, I wasn't really crazy about that. So like Lenari's family, uh, when they uh, come to the moon colony, they talk about how they know about two Kryptonians. And I, I, I assumed that the two Kryptonians they knew about were Cal and John. But, uh, but they say uh, that they have never heard of, quote, this one unquote, uh, which I assumed meant Kara. So it almost seemed like Kara was less known or less important. And uh, that was a little disappointing for me. Although I think the issue kind of corrects things a little bit and tries to make Superwoman uh, seem uh, much better in the end. Because uh, Lenari says, quote, if people were kinder and finally realized how good, how amazing, how splendid and how super she was talking about Kara and had been for so long, um, unquote. And she kind of said, uh, Lenari says something like, well, no one is born wise. And so I guess there's that, that idea that uh, people don't respect Kara because they're, they're not wise. They don't pick up on all the good things that, superwoman has done um so i guess there's that so it, it does seem to sort of celebrate uh car Zorel at the end but it was it was tough to see characters in the story continually beat beat her down and and that was kind of tough to read through for me personally yeah i agree i like that the like the grace note she gets at the end that 
you know, all of the work that she did, like finally the very unenthusiastic people of the moon uh, <laughs> come out to help her because she's lost her powers for a little while and they help her with her gardening and they help her like put her plants and they help her city plan and <laughs> they help her put up her like greenhouses and things like that. Um, and then, you know, her legacy of, of helping people and caring about people lives on in this moon planet. Uh, that's like a refuge for anyone who, who needs it and that they remember her and that, you know, she was such an important person. I think all of that is really nice. You know, you see her, her grave next to cryptos at the end, but you also see this society that she created with, you know, I guess her architecture degree or whatever. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and with the help of all the people who were very medium on her for most of this run. <laughs> of this run. Uh, so I liked all of that, but yeah, I do feel like she was kind of beat down <laughs> before that. Uh, for most of this, there wasn't like a lot of uh, like high notes for her until the very end. Yeah, so at least I got that towards the end. I was I was okay with it by then, but it was just tough to see her continue continue to be sort of put down and put down and put down, and then it, and then in addition to that, continuing to be angry and dealing with uh, rage and family issues. So it was a uh, I'm okay with like Carzorel or Superwoman, Supergirl having issues and having tension with other people and having something to have to overcome or having something that will give the character some growth. But it just seemed like the issue just kept pounding um, Kara over and over again. Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of my issue there. Um, uh, I did like seeing in this, uh, in this second issue, a return of the garden uh, metaphor so that through line is still uh, here in this one. So like on a location three, uh, there's a line of dialogue that says, I reckon you're only out here mucking up your nice flower beds. Location 15 says uh, that Lenari tells Aunt Kamara that they're going to, quote, learn about cities and flowers and dogs and people, unquote. Uh, location 16 has uh, the citizens of the moon colony working together to build uh, what looks like a garden to me. Yeah. Uh, location 17 uh, says, quote, so people came to learn and grow, unquote. So I took that to be a metaphor of like growing like a plant in a garden, but you're but you're growing emotionally, you're growing maybe <laughs> physically uh, and you're you're growing in uh, into who you're supposed to be. Uh, location 18 says, quote, her once desolate fortress of solitude blooms with life now and for generations to come, unquote. And then location 19 says, quote, still they thrive and eternal garden, unquote. So uh, and even on that page, Kara's uh, grave marker has a flower on it. So I, I appreciated that there was a commitment by the the writer here and in this series to have that through line of this garden metaphor, um, even though uh, it seemed like maybe the, some of those threads could have been pulled a little more. Um, but I appreciate that there was a, a continual, uh, consistent uh, storytelling thematic element there for Carr. Yeah, I agree. I like the, I like the garden imagery and there's, you know, there's flowers in the background of so many scenes in the first issue and in this issue. Even even to the point where like um Aunt Kamara 
pops up and uh, you know uh Lenari is telling uh, aunt the her aunt, uh, their their aunt that like uh yeah I took away the powers but in the background there's all these trees and all these flowers and there's pretty much flowers everywhere like throughout you know after the fighting stops it's all flowers all the way <laughs> uh, I also thought it was really interesting in on location 17 at the bottom um that Kara says this was once called a fortress of solitude. I don't think it deserves that kind of name now, which I thought was interesting. Like that, that this was kind of her fortress of solitude. That's how I saw it. Like the greenhouse yeah. was the fortress of solitude, which makes sense visually uh, because uh, it sort of gives off that old Donnerverse depiction of the fortress of solitude with the, the white crystals and the sort of snowy Arctic fortress of solitude. But here it's, it's a, it's a greenhouse, like it's a greenhouse. that's very, uh, it, it almost looks like it's icy, but we, we know it's not cause it's a greenhouse, but, uh, but it, it sort of gives off that same visual aesthetic of what that depiction of the fortress of solitude would be. And I think, if I think about it in terms of Kara as a gardener, <laughs> she <laughs> might she might have spent uh, some time in that greenhouse just by herself. You know, initially yeah, she may I have just totally see that. she may have just and this is me just inserting my interpretation into the story. This is not shown really in the story, but I, I imagine that she would have gone to that greenhouse for uh, isolation or solitude so that she could work on her plants and her garden. And uh, now she doesn't have to because she's she's taught the the people of the moon colony to grow, uh, grow things and be their own gardeners and create their own garden. So she's she's opened that up, I guess, after she dies, they just uh, go in and uh, <laughs> make it their own, I guess. So, yeah, I think that's a, a nice way to end it. Yeah, I, I, I like the ending, even though I was confused about why certain characters outlived certain other characters. But I, I like the idea of like Superwoman's legacy living on through this planet that she had created and the society and, and all of her pretty flowers and things. Yeah. So I, I like the, uh, the, con the connective uh, thread there between both issues. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention about this issue before we move on to the art? Uh, no, I, I think, I think we covered everything. All right. So, uh, Morgan, did you have any favorite pages or panels in this one? I did. I liked a lot of the, the art in this one. I like on, I liked on page 14 where, uh, Supergirl and Lenari hug and they're like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Victory. Um, I also like, um, page do, do, do 16 where um all the townsfolk uh come to help superwoman um plant her gardens and put up her greenhouses and there's like flowers everywhere and superwoman is like here's my plan that i have uh it, it's i hope it's to scale and <laughs> <laughs> i i really like again it's like one of those pages that is doing like a lot of narrative work but i i totally um, I think it, it did a really good job at showing, you know, showing people kind of pitching in and, and helping out. And, uh, and I also like the next page too, where we start to see page 17, where we start to see super, superwoman age and the, um, 
and and the things that she had planted start to you know flourish. Uh, I thought that that was really nice as well. Yeah, I I, I would agree with you about page sixteen. I I really like the artistic style here in this uh, series where some of these full pages are not really panels. I like the idea that everything is sort of flowing into the next image and everything yeah. is connected and um and you get to see the the layers of each each piece. It looks like it's one big art art piece, but it's but there's different scenes depicted in it. So I really like the way that that uh, works together. And also on page 16, I just thought it was cool at the bottom. Uh, it looks like Kara has a little like red skull cap on. Like oh yeah. Toboggan thing. Like, I thought that <laughs> I was kind of cute. I thought that was really cute. I was like, ah, oh, Kara's so stylish. Does it get cold there? I don't know. That's a well, good question. <laughs> Maybe does, it's just for it fashion. <laughs> does it get cold on the moon? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a NASA scientist. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, speaking of like the, you know, the panels that kind of flow into each other, location nine has that same vibe when she's uh, fighting the Lathai. And I really like, you know, it has a real sense of movement, a real sense of battle. She's kind of like, you know, bursting from one panel into another panel, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, literally like uh, hopping from one panel to the next. Yeah, that's a great observation. Um, yeah, I guess the only thing I would uh, also point out about the art is that on page 17, uh, we we, we uh, talked about the Fortress of Solitude and the, the visual depiction of that there. But I really like page 17 and the way um, the, the greenhouse acting as the fortress of solitude is depicted there. It looks like a, a bright, shiny place that would be inviting and, uh, some, some place cool to maybe go in and see plants. Uh, it may, it kind of made me want to go to the greenhouse and see what was in there. Um, so I did like that page a lot. All right, Morgan. So we have uh, officially read all of Future State Carzarell uh, Superwoman. All I'm two. <laughs> I, I am really proud of us. We read through Super Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. We check read that. Check. Then uh, we're marking off uh, Future State Carzarell Superwoman. So we're goodbye. <laughs> we, are, we did we it. Are, we are getting through these runs. We are just uh, powering through. We will get to rebirth sometime in the future and the it's gonna happen in, in the distant future i we believe will. in us i mean we got through like 30 something issues of that run we got through a, quite a bit we're, we're like pretty we're, close to the end <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there eventually we'll finish that one off uh but now that we have read both issues of future state uh superwoman morgan what what, what did you think about these uh two issues in the story Overall, I liked Future State. I think it wasn't. I, I think the other problem is that, like, we just came off reading. Um, oh my God. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say Superwoman of Tomorrow. And I was but like, that's not right. It's so confusing it's now with the Superwoman. Blended. Yeah. It's all blended in my head. But we just came off reading Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which I thought was one of the better Supergirl runs I've read thus far and not saying that this run is bad or anything it's it's good it's like enjoyable but i just don't think it really stacked up and again it was two issues so i don't really know how it could have but um i do wish it it had it like had either 
pulled in the Supergirl family conflict stuff more or had left it out entirely. Cause I think for me, that was one of my biggest critiques is that the family stuff with Supergirl, uh, I understand that it was trying to, you know, balance it against the family stuff with Lenari, but I don't think it really worked for Supergirl because we didn't have the backstory on that family conflict. And it also didn't ever resolve in any way to your point. So it just felt like it was kind of just there. Um, I, I didn't mind like a, you know, a Supergirl who was like a little bit more resentful, um, but had kind of was kind of working through that. Um, but I, I do wish that she had gotten maybe a couple more wins in the, in the series. Hey, Bunsen. Uh, <laughs> he's behind me. He's definitely going to knock over my ring light in a couple of minutes. So he just loves it. He loves the light. He loves the light. It's what he, he, he wants the spotlight, but not to be in it just to get its warmth. <laughs> <laughs> right, Bunsen? You just want the warmth of the, of the spotlight on you. Um, he's literally behind the, the computer. It's really funny. He's just staring at me. Uh, <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I thought it was enjoyable, and I liked the story of her and Lenari, and I, I I do like getting to see Supergirl through, like, the eyes of other other characters, um, kind of like we did with Ruthie um, in, in Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. So it's kind of a similar vibe where it's, like, kind of a mentor um, relationship that, that she has with, with this younger, with this younger alien. But I just felt like it was, like... Almost, almost really successful, but there was like a couple of things that kind of pulled it back from being as enjoyable as uh, as the Tom King run. Uh, but I did really like the art. It, um, it the art was really nice. I liked the story. I just kind of wish it was a little bit more Supergirl focused um, in in the long run. Yeah, I I didn't love these two issues it wasn't like my favorite supergirl thing that i've read and of course this is actually a superwoman thing so maybe that i should make that distinction uh but i i did like that the art took some chances in a, a lot of ways and did something visually creative with a lot of these uh pages so i thought the art was uh doing a pretty good job and and some of the themes that were running through it i did like with the the gardening metaphor and all of that so i think it tried to say something about family and about rage and letting things go and um, being able to move on and grow and build something new. So I think even in two issues, I think it actually tried to say something. So I will give it that, even though it's not my favorite car as well thing that's ever been written. <laughs> I still think it had some uh, good uh, things uh, that were inserted into the story. I agree. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Future State number two, Kara Zor-El Superwoman. If you haven't bought it yet, Future State number two, Kara Zor-El Superwoman is available <laughs> at your comic book store, Amazon, Kindle, Apple iBooks, Barnes & Noble, Nook, Comixology, Google Books, and Read DC. And I guess it's uh, now time for us to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify. 
Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Backlight and Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say and since you're listening to or watching Supergirl Radio, we have some snap judgment designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store. Yeah, we have a uh, one of a kind snap judgments uh, design in the DC TV uh, uh, DC TV podcast T Public Store, uh, created by Sarah Luver, who you may know as at Comicer Girl on social media. Uh, so we have a. Uh, the, probably the only uh, snapper car merchandise available <laughs> on the internet. That's that is my, true. That's my guess. So if you want some snapper car and some snap, and you like snap judgments on uh, Supergirl Radio, pick up a t-shirt or a mug or a hoodie or something. Uh, so it's pretty cool to have some snap judgments uh, designs and merch that you can pick up if you so choose to do so. We would also like to uh, talk about our Supergirl Radio Patreon and thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting it. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. If you would like to become a Legion of Super uh, Legion, if you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, Am I saying that correctly? Why does that sound weird know. in my it head? That sound weird. If you would like to be a Patreon supporter, <laughs> I guess I will say that. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio and choose from uh, four monthly memberships uh, to help us uh, pay for podcasting and website hosting fees and things like that. And it helps uh, keep the podcast going. So we really appreciate everybody's uh, support for uh, the Supergirl Radio Patreon. And uh, you can find me on social media at, on Vero at Derby Kid uh, on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And uh, you can also check out my personal YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, where I talk about the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice reviews from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes, one review at a time. So if you're interested in art criticism and film criticism and how to do that, uh, I try to talk about that in a very a positive way that's not so negative about anybody else's opinions about certain movies. Uh, but I, but I think it's been a good exercise into trying to figure out how to talk about those things. And I try to apply some of those things uh, when we talk about uh, things and review things on Supergirl radio. So if you want to check those out, uh, follow me and subscribe over there on uh, my personal YouTube channel. Nice. 
And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast as we try to figure out what the, what the next phase of the Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> podcast is now that they unceremoniously canceled the Legends of Tomorrow television show. Mm. Uh, we've got some fun ideas and we haven't quite figured it out yet. But the one thing we do know is that we're not going to stop podcasting so this is actually a great have you ever thought maybe i should listen to that podcast you know what this is a great time to hop on because <laughs> we don't what's it about we don't know yet and neither <laughs> will you and won't won't the won't the ambiguity be fun for all of us uh, <laughs> that's going to be my pitch until we figure it out uh and you can also find me as a co-host on dc tv after dark where we just released an episode with nate and Brittany from uh the naomi podcast and we had a great time uh, talking to them. So we are sticking to our commitment of doing episodes this year. Yeah. And it has been going okay so far <laughs> in that we've done two and they've only been like a little late. So I'm proud of us. I think you're doing a great job. I'm, we're, we're crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really proud of y'all. I, I really, I think you're, uh, you're knocking it out of the park. Uh, here in 2022 look forward to more <laughs> uh morgan glennon podcasts uh morgan glennon is one of my favorite podcasters so i highly recommend both shows if you have never listened to any of them uh so i definitely think you should check them out well i think that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio one of the many podcasts that morgan <laughs> does uh but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson and i'm still morgan glennon and we hope that you will check out future state number two Carzorel superwoman and support supergirl comics <laughs> McGurk! I Do love typing. Not with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.